Welcome to the season closer of From the Backseat. We did it. Season one has been completed and it ended with a bang. Manchester City have won the treble. It's official. How boring. But we can all agree that West Ham winning the Conference League just meant more. We discuss these games and do part two of Heroes and Villains on today's episode. Uh, it's me, Jax, Hugh. Hello, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, we're in the same room today. If you didn't think that we weren't before. And yeah, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I feel like this is the season one closer because Jack's going holiday, guys, you know. It, does, it doesn't so matter we might, why. We might come back. It I just, might come back it, next week. <laughs> <laughs> it just coincides, you know, with the end of the season. It just makes sense. I guess so. Well, there's loads of transfer stuff, though, so keep listening because I might just go solo and just do Fabrizio Romano on you all. You never know. Now's the time to experiment. But yeah, life's good. Summer's finally here. Global warming's kicked in London, and living the dream, mate. Living the dream. Got a couple of, couple of cans. Couple of cans. This is actually my favourite part of the year where I can just complain about the heat after complaining about it not being hot. All year. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually the worst people. <laughs> English people are the worst people. This is the way. <laughs> um, We've got the most mild temperature as well overall. I wouldn't say it's mild. Anyone in London right now who's saying it's mild obviously has AC. Yeah, but compare it to like Canada where it can go to like minus 20. We don't live there, Jack. No, so we that's true. Our, <laughs> our season, our entire our entire thing swings from about 0 to 25 and we're like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And we'll go into the, the physics behind it for our North American viewers, listeners. In fact, fuck it. Yeah, Actually, fuck no. it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, yeah just, just a quick it. one. Basically, in America, they're basically built out for their extreme weathers. So we're living in like Victorian built really insulated homes that simply cannot <laughs> cannot deal with the heat so actually when we complain about 25 it's more like 35 to an American yeah and guess what aircon doesn't exist doesn't exist we've just got buildings that trap heat in so we've got we've got the door shut and the window shut right now mm-hmm. and we're slowly dying we're already sweating and we've got a good 58 minutes to go so so let's get it let's get it Manchester City 1 Inter Milan nil. Man City have won the treble Oh, I just no. don't like it. No. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't sit well with me. But they have done it, and let's try and be agnostic for a bit before we slam them. But are they one of the greatest football sides ever? I guess they are. I guess officially they are. And if you do the eye test, they're really, really, really good at football. Even if they weren't mm. amazing in this final, they still got it done. And. I think the silver lining for me is that Manchester United fans feel a lot worse than anyone else, and that's quite enjoyable. So that's something we can, something we can both enjoy. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's more personal to United fans because up until then they were the only ones to do a European treble. But City have done it, and to be honest, I think the general consensus is the City team is probably better mm. than that United team. But I don't know if that's just kind of recency bias. It is better. You reckon it is better? It, 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 would, it would destroy that team. You reckon, though? Yeah. United fans everywhere. I'm sorry, but it's like teenage David Beckham against like fucking Kevin De Bruyne and the Cyborg. There's no way. This team costs like a billion to put together. That team was just a really good intake of youth players. That's why it's fun. I had like Andy it's Cole, not... though. Solskjaer. Yeah. Keane. Didn't no. play the final, but... This, this, this City team would bang any, any team. Any I'm trying team. to like play devil's advocate, but I'm inclined to agree that the City team surpasses that team. I think football teams get better over time. They get better tactically. They're a lot fitter. They're a lot better technically. Like John Stones is like the best technical England player that's ever existed, potentially. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I suppose. His Champions League performances have been massive. Do you know what I mean? Fair. And like... Imagine him. He's a centre-back. Do you think this treble by City has taken away from United's yes but massively yeah because it's, like, it's not special the 99 treble was always like a hallmark of English football wasn't it everyone knows about the 99 treble yeah it's not, it's, not, the... it's not special anymore it's yeah. still I think it's still nicer as a story because they were underdogs and it was a youth intake and that's quite a nice story but fundamentally you're not special anymore and Damn. if someone does an invincible season, Arsenal won't be special anymore. It's just the way it is. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's true. If someone else does an invincible, then yeah, it harms the, the specialness of it. Let's talk about the game. I mean, anyone who watched the game will probably agree that, arguably, Inter Milan were the better team. Probably shaded it, yeah. Probably shaded it, like you say. I think, yeah. What were you saying the XG was? 
I think something like 1.7 to Inter Milan. But you've got to think of the goal line clearances right at the end. It's basically, it's and probably gone for about yeah, 0.5 to about 1.7 yeah. in one go. And City's was about 0.8. I mean, there was about 50-50 on possession. And anyone who watches City knows that that is not City dominating a game. No. Yeah, so, Inter did well. I think City overall, they're very nervous, weren't they? Uncharacteristically nervous. Mm. You could tell that they build it up a lot in their own heads. Mm-hmm. And even Pep was probably... Stressed it so. as well. It's natural, really. I think it's, well, that's probably why it's, it's more the last gutting. thing. Last thing they've never done. It's mm. become quite a big hurdle. It's probably more gutting for Inter because City were there for the taking. Yeah. Going into the game, you think City are going to just walk it. That's yeah. the general. Four nil was like yeah. not great odds. Nah. It wasn't worth putting a bet on. Yeah. So yeah, it's a bit heartbreaking for Inter. Really, would put Italian football back on the map. I mean, Italian football's had something of a rebirth in terms of. Kind of how com- competitive it is this season. Napoli yeah. up there. Season four, we've had Milan, we've had Inter, we've had Juve obviously dominating it prior to that. But I hope it is some sort of kind of rejuvenation for Italian football because there's a lot of history there. I understand its infrastructure and corruption mm-hmm. that holds that country's football back. <laughs> the stadiums are like it like, elevated it, didn't shite. it? Yeah. It elevated it. It brought it forward and then it held it back. Yeah, they don't have like the facilities that English football has that no. the top clubs in Spanish football have, and obviously we know they're cash cash strapped. But there was a good team in Milan actually, considering Very, they've got no money. Yeah, it was actually really solid. I yeah. think we we may have underestimated how good they actually are. You say English fans underestimating continent? Yeah, football? who would have thought it? What? Who would have thought it? Not us. Not us. <laughs> Yeah, they were actually really good. I think all the signs looked really good. They started well. They didn't concede early on, which felt like if that if that goes in, it's done. De Bruyne mm. then went off injured in the yeah, first half, and you thought, you thought, ooh, okay, yeah. everything's looking quite good. Pep looks a bit rattled, but yeah, in the end. Rodri just came in clutch with another really, this is really his good goal. Champions League season. You think of that clutch goal against Bayern with his left foot, he just whack. Yeah, and you think like, based on that, based on this very small sample size, he's the best DM in the world now. I think he is. Because he's not just really, really good at everything he does. He also comes through when everyone else in front of him is struggling and just goes, finish. all right then boys, I'll deal with this then. Good finish that. Just slotted it in the bottom corner. Difference Quite maker. Yeah. Difference maker at the top level. As well as being just an absolute animal. His all round game is actually disturbing. He's a big fucking lad, isn't he? Yeah. He's a big fucking lad. He's just like, he's all of it. He's big, he he's scary, he's technically amazing. He's elite. He's cool, he's unreal. Yeah. I mean, there was the argument earlier Casemiro versus Party versus Rodri, but. It's done now, isn't it's it? Done. Thomas Party fell off a cliff. Yeah. Casemiro's just there, just getting red cards yeah. and scoring goals. His last third of the season wasn't good. Yeah. So it's done. Well done, City. It always feels like so you've seen that meme would come down with me. <laughs> the guy's just like, well done. Go back to your sad little lives. It does feel <laughs> like we're kind of doing that on a podcast about City's treble achievement. We're saying it through gritted teeth because how long are we in? Like eight and a half minutes, so we can talk about it. Yeah. 115 charges! Mm-hmm. against Manchester City looming over them in breach of FFP and some might say we're party poopers for referencing that but that is the context needed is it casting a bit of a shadow on the whole achievement I do feel like really from a media perspective they've overlooked it they don't talk about it there's at all. barely a mention they don't talk about it at, at all. all at all none of the major major channels talk about it which is pretty bad it's almost like we just have to wait and see what the verdict is. Yeah, but that's what. But, I mean, we have to. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, innocent until proven guilty, but. It's a legal process. Knowing that City were found guilty by UEFA and just time barred the shit out of it, you know that right now behind the scenes, their lawyers are just. Every single email that comes, they're waiting as long as possible to reply. Every single request for information, they're dragging mm-hmm. the hills as long as possible. Mm-hmm. It must be horrendous trying to deal with them. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, we're not going to see a conclusion to that until I think they said 2025. Like, their legal team, as a metaphor, is like 10 and go like Kante's in front of you, and you're just trying to get through, and there's just no way. Yeah. Now, coincidentally, and some might say I'm a conspiracy, I've read rumours that Pep Guardiola is going to leave at the end of his contract in 2025. I've read those rumours as well. And I wonder if City know that come 2025, they will get found out. And they'll get sent all the yeah. way down they'll to the Van yeah. Armour South. You know, they probably said to Pep, like, look, bro, like, we love you, man, 
but yeah. we're gonna get we're gonna get banged eventually. We are this. guilty. Just enjoy it. Yeah, we won't let it hurt your legacy. No, just leave. You know, like it would be a very seamless exit if he was to leave, say, two months before the findings came out. It'd be yeah. much better because he wouldn't have to deal with any of the fallout. Yeah. He could just willfully be naive for the rest of his life and yeah. plead ignorance. So, ironically for him, if if they are found guilty, people are still going to look at him like a fraud. Because they'll be like, oh, he's only won the Champions League with Messi mm. and financial doping. Yeah. He's I mean, still going to have that thing that he hates so much that people think he's a fraud. Yeah. And I, to be honest, if they, if it comes out like that, it'd be hard not to level it against him. Because he couldn't do it by him. Actually, no, it's stupid. I really like Pep as a coach. He, he's the greatest coach he of all is, time, I think. For me, the greatest of all time. And this season, from where City started to where they've ended, it's really down to Pep. Yeah. And when you think about like innovation what he's so good at is every season he's ahead of the curve so like Liverpool just started trying out Trent in that sort of like roaming free roll he's been doing it with John Stones already who was potentially man of the match in this game and you know that by the time everyone gets used to that he'll innovate again next season oh, I don't know I think he learned that from Arteta actually he was Zinchenko to be honest <laughs> maybe. maybe Liverpool certainly stole it from us I'll give you that they started doing it against us at Anfield. We did, that's we the did. First time we've done he basically it. triggered us. Yeah, so I know. I, he tried it with Rico Lewis. It feels the season's been so long. Yeah, this has been the longest season, I think, of all time. You know, Rico Lewis for a while, for two months, was like the best right back in the world. Because yeah. Kyle Walker, he said, can't do it. Kyle Walker is a pure right back for pace. Uh, John Stones just came out of nowhere. John Stones, let's talk stats. Six successful dribbles in the final. The most of any player in a final since Messi. That's a mad stat. <laughs> PLO 2.0, mate. He's just so good. And from an England perspective, let's just roll with it. Let's just have John Stones and Declan Rice in a double pivot. I don't get it. Does anyone need to get it? It's international football. Gareth needs to get it. Just play three centre-backs at the back. He hates he hates all, all the wing-backs anyway. Fuck it, whatever. True. Gareth will just stick with five at the back. Harry Maguire. Which is the other geezer that we always play. John Stones, John Carl Stones. Walker. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. Tried and tested. Failure. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. but no, let's give John Stones his flowers. This reinvention is mad. And we've always known he's, he's great on the ball. And it's just, Pep's just given him the platform to really show it. You know, he's always been brave on the ball. Even since Everton days, he would keep hold of the ball, try and dribble out situations. He is one of our most gifted centre-backs in terms of technical quality. Well, he's doing, he was just doing brand new things. He was just doing things that no defender should be able to do. You know, genuine playmaking, genuine like dictator. You know what the Busquets used to do, where it's just like, or Chavi, just play like that, just casually, forgot how to defend, it doesn't matter. Mm. Just so composed. I think this is going to be the new thing, is inverted players. Yeah. Players who start in a side position. I think you've touched on this before, where you said, you know, formations are pretty meaningless in a game. Yeah, I always thought, with inverted wingers, there was only a matter of time before inverted fullbacks became a thing, because the idea that they could dip in, and Cancelo was kind of the the... Prototype, yeah. Prototype for that. yeah. Because what else can you invert? You're just looking for weird advantages or quirks, so why not? Didn't see inverted centre-backs into play like playmakers coming, though. No. If you have a player that can carry the ball. But anyway, waxing lyrical. We should talk about Inter. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be a big summer for Inter. They're under a lot of financial trouble. Inanna is being quoted for a 50 million move. Lukaku's obviously moving back to Chelsea. Skriniar, their best centre-back, is going to PSG. That's already agreed. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them. It's going to be tough. Can they build on it? I don't know. I feel like after this performance, Lukaku might not be coming back to Inter because he was basically the pantomime villain in this mm-hmm. final. He had maybe more shots than anyone else. Blocked that goal line clearance, which was pretty hilarious. Had that header saved right at the death, which honestly he should have buried. It's just a really good save, though. It was just straight at him. He didn't really save it. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, that's still going in. Yeah. Because it was low. Like, Edison, I don't know, Edison, my hand of God, fucking just clawed it out. And then the rebound somehow just bounced wide as well. It's just like, it was City's night. Yeah, City's it's one night. of them. Those fine margins. It's fine margins. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't, but the heartbreak's there for Inter. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't tail off for them because... It's tough It's tough to understand how they can continue being this good. This felt like a one-off as opposed to, like, progress. But Inter do just pick up random free transfers. So anyone who's kind of going, who's not 
getting games at the moment could reinvent themselves at Inter for four years. I feel like there's so many players in the Premier League that could do a shift. Like Mkhitaryan was playing. He's still there at Inter, which is so rogue. He's had a bit of renaissance in Italy, him. So there's, I feel like there's plenty of players. Like Kante would have been an obvious one to go to Inter or something like that. Obviously, he's, he's taking the money and fair play to him, but I feel like they'll be fine. I feel like they'll be fine. One more thing on City before we move on to West Ham, Fiorentina. Jack Grealish. What a fucking geezer. What a geezer. He's been on the sesh for Has, two days straight now. Have you seen the turkey video? I have. Goodness me, the guy can barely talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Just love. Oh, Bernardo. <laughs> the turkey's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> what does that mean? He just gets it pulled down his neck. I mean, yeah, the guy's still in full oh, kit, maybe four days later. I mean, there's so, oh, many, so many different stories flying around. You don't quite know what's true. Like, apparently he's been in a wheelchair, being wheeled out of Ibiza. No one is more relatable no. than Jack Grealish. Is there a bit of Paul Merce and Tony Adams about well, this? Well, saying, supremely talented, just absolutely loves it. The most unprofessional, but just so yeah. talented. He's so brazen, though. I'm almost yeah. like, bro, you might need to chill. Like, Pep's, Pep's there. <laughs> yeah, this is it, where Pep's like, I'll tolerate it, but... What the fuck are you doing? You better fucking... You know he's report of England duty today? What? <laughs> yeah! What the fuck? He must be feeling awful. <laughs> just don't stop, mate. No, just keep going. That's what I mean. I mean, I've seen so many videos of him bladdered. It's... But there is something so relatable about Jack Greenish. Because even in his post-match interviews, he's very humble. Yeah, it's just like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> I played crap today, but... Yeah. And like that, at his essence, there's no bullshit with Jack Greenish. No, I, I do like that. Everyone him. can relate to him. Because do we overlook all these flaws? Because if it was Raheem Sterling getting fucked up after Oh, mate, Daily Mail would have fucking tried to deport him themselves. They would have started to go fund me. Before, Send Raheem back to Jamaica. Before anyone says, like, oh, well done for shoehorning racism into the argument. I'm just saying, like, does Grealish get a bit more lax because of who he is? Because Grealish, of Grealish, Grealish could do anything. Yeah. Grealish could walk into your house and just punch your mum and you'd be like, oh, it's all right. Oh, it's just Jack, Jack Grealish. Grealish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Raheem Sterling will go shop a Lidl and we'll be like, how yeah. dare you? Buy his mum a house. It's yeah. fucking great. <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought media is racist? Well, well, well. In this day and age, in this climate, don't use the R word. Not on a pod. Guys, I apologise about Jack. All right? We didn't shoehorn racism into the argument. The Daily Mail has interesting views. Yeah, better. Better. On race. Yeah. Good. So right-wing fans, you are appeased. Right. <laughs> Fiorentina 1, West Ham 2. This was a proper, a proper final, this one. Mm. This was a good one. This was a really good one. I actually was watching it and I was like, I feel like I'm really invested in this. Mm-hmm. I actually got like goosebumps watching Jared Bowen's girl. Oh. I, was, I was just feeling it. Like, I was like, this is, this is heritage right now. This is football heritage. heritage. I'm feeling it. I'm enjoying the moment. And I'm just seeing David Moyes running down the pitch just, oh, just both of his arms just out yeah. like this just just completely lost his head he's got no gravitas does he Moisey no but I was like I'm so here for it yeah this is a guy who's played look what managed over a thousand games oh it's definitely his crap and this is his first ever trophy yeah it's justified he's it's always so justified. been like just a punching bag basically for the big clubs and just there to get actually whoa, 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 whoa. anyone who's listened to the pod this year will know that <laughs> Has actually slated Moisey for months. So he should he still should have been sacked, but Is he gonna <laughs> get an apology now? I think it's fair. I think it's Moisey, fair. Moisey, you prioritised the conference league and it <laughs> looks like it's paid off for you. You risked it all and it worked. So fair play to you, lad. Yeah, and another European adventure, this time Europe League. You, you've done well. You you've proved me wrong. You should have been sacked ages ago, but fair play to you, mate, you've turned it around. I'm, I'm happy for you. Jack is humbled. I'm genuinely happy for you. <laughs> it was sick. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was really happy for him. And to be honest, I watched the game and immediately Fiorentina were trying to disrupt play, waste time, kind of con the ref. Well, they weren't conning the ref, but making a mere thing from the outset. Yeah. That gets my back up. And then the West Ham fans started throwing glass. At yeah. At it's like, oh and then God. I thought, oh, no. It's like the 1980s or 1970s. Yeah. England fans abroad. Who gave English fans glass pints? That's a really good question. I blame the stadium. <laughs> I blame the organisers. Whoever organised the event needs to have a long look at themselves. 
when you give glass bottles to West Ham fans that's on you yeah, it is you've got duty of care but I did worry that when that happened you were, you were putting an incentive in Fiorentina to buy yeah. it back yeah yeah and you know, how many times have English fans just put their foot in it too early and then just been fucked over 100% um, and the referee I thought the referee was shocking especially in that first half I'm not saying they were biased towards Fiorentina but goodness me there were some questionable decisions <laughs> from Fiorentina who was the referee don't know don't care he was rubbish but the problem is is English English was teams, he from Manchester by any chance no he was from Europe hence why he wouldn't allow any contact in a physical sport that is European football though to a T I feel like if anything that's an authentic experience for West Ham to play in Europe and realise that everything they base their their whole ethos on it's not allowed anymore I wonder if that's why traditionally we've struggled as a country yeah it is because European competition is a technical game it's not a physical game and we just say it was just 50-50s like shoulder to shoulder how yeah. have you given that as a foul it was mad no it's not allowed but anyway I was tweeting furiously about how, how bad the referee was in the first half <laughs> just to give you an idea of my, my personal thoughts on that the keyboard warrior over there yeah <laughs> massive and I would say Fiorentina really edged the first half they grew into the game they realised that they were actually going to control the game so they stopped wasting time lucky not to go one them up in, in, in um, at half time Jovic got a goal ruled out didn't he yeah Good poachers goal. Good poachers you always goal. knew that he would be the main threat, generally. But just it's quite a nice team. I thought it was really well balanced, to be honest. They've like got a good team. On yeah. a shoestring budget. Yeah. Like Amrabat was just bossing it in midfield. Standard, mate. Standard. Links to Barcelona are justified. I think so. If not slightly rogue. He's not Barcelona. Let's be fair. He's no, not like but he's not Busquets level, but agreed that he really, really showed his class in that midfield. Yeah, I really liked it. I feel like what do you want to talk about? The goals? There's not really any point talking about any goals apart from Jared Bowen's goal. I was nervous watching him go through, to be honest. I didn't know if he was going to score. I don't know what Jared Bowen's like, one-on-one, but it's a big moment for him. And I was really happy for him. And so overall, West Ham have had a good season. If they'd lost, they would have had a shit season. That yeah, is the binary nature is, of football. That is. But they is. have won, and they're in the Europa League, and I'd give them a good chance to not win it, but have some fun make some waves it's just something to look forward to that's three years in a row now well and it I love will that. be three years in a row for West Ham in the uh, European adventures and it's a great experience for them um, let's talk about the goals like you say Ben Rama penalty absolutely was a penalty in my opinion yep the handball he pushed it he, he, he motioned just towards clear. it yeah yeah I mean referee was gagging not to give that <laughs> if you don't give that your career is done isn't it you can see him at the monitor. Like, how do I? How do I not give this? Just looking at different angles, like oh. from this specific angle, I see nothing wrong with it. Every every angle was just the same. It was like it was such a handball. But I was thinking, I honestly, I didn't think he was going to give it. Just the way it goes, I was like, watch them not give this, even though it was the clearest day. I don't know what that guy was doing. He was feeling the pressure, mate. It's quite a small stadium, so I feel like I felt like the atmosphere came through really well. Feel like it was quite an angry stadium by the end. Three quarters West Ham, wasn't it? Yeah, that was proper. Was it in Turkey? The stadium. No, it's um, in Prague. Ah, it was in Prague. Yeah. yeah, but it was a small one. It was like thousand. Good atmosphere. Really good game. Yeah. That's what I mean. It just felt like a real final. It didn't feel like it had been sanitised by like corporate sponsors or whatever. It was quite a small stadium. West Ham bought tickets. Yeah, but angry, like angry. Well, you know real what? passion. You know why? Because earlier, Fiorentina Ultras had beaten the fuck out of a lot of West Ham fans, didn't they, in Prague? I didn't know that. So it's a nice little backdrop, isn't it? Oh, Italian fans need to chill. No, 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 no. West Ham fans no, probably... No, no, no. It's, the problem is we go abroad and they think that oh, we're hooligans. We do, we do. I mean, if I saw English fans over here, I'd be like, they're the worst people ever. Oh, we are. They're, they are genuinely the worst people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they deserve... I'd love to see them The problem is, out. is we don't have Ultras anymore. We don't no, have hooligans. We just have we have old geezers really, who yeah. just love to get mashed up. Really, really loud Brexity fat blokes. Yeah, who just love to shout, but no fight. Don't know where. What's his name? Nolsey. Yeah, where's Nolsey? Nolsey was. He The real question is where was Nolsey? Don't know where was. But it would be a different story. So yeah, that was the backdrop, and it made it interesting. So Ben Ramos scores the pen. Great pen. Clutches it over the top celebration, lad. You haven't won anything yet. And lo and behold, they've lost all composure. Yeah. I think it was less than five minutes later. Bonaventura scores. And it was a good goal. 
such a just such an Italian person. Mm. He feels so Italian. The name, mm-hmm. the fact that he's thirty three, the fact that I've no idea where he plays, but I've heard the name. That's really for football manager, isn't it? Yeah, you're just like, yeah. is he a midfielder? Is he a winger? Is he just a really slow striker? I don't know anything about him, other than he's Italian AF, and I don't think he's ever left Italy. No, and I was like, this feels right, but this feels like a proper stadium. final. Yeah, yeah, it was just a pretty average paced but very precise finish. Yeah, I mean, it's just sloppy from West Ham. They just completely lost their composure straight after the goal, which happens. Yeah. Uh, it's silence the stadium. Suddenly you're thinking, oh, Fiorentina are going to nick it here. And then West Ham, to their credit, West Ham were the only team that chased it at the end. I think Fiorentina yeah. were happy to go to extra time at that point. Yeah, yeah. They did deserve it. Yeah. And Paqueta, it's come good. Oh, mate, he tried so hard. That last 40 thing, mil or whatever they invested. Yeah. Worth, worth it. it. I was moment. It was a great pass. I was rooting for him more than anyone because he was trying so hard at the end. Like yeah. he was trying to pick up I his love team. That. Yeah. I love that. Love these Brazilians who come yeah. over to these slightly rogue teams and just give it everything. And so he slots it through for uh, Bowen. Very close. Jared Bowen, mate, from and non-league is history to European glory. This is what the Conference League's about. This is why I actually really like it as competition because the teams that actually are in it genuinely have never experienced these kind of games. You know, like West Ham, have they ever been in Europe? Not really. They've had a few like short campaigns, but this like this really feels like a proper adventure. And you think like this could be anyone, this could be Southampton, this could be like Wolves, this could be anyone. Well, and that's so be, sick. This could be Villa next year. Yeah. To go through that process, play all these teams that you kind of never ever get to play against. And it's just like you get like, carried away the European the trophies, European trophy end of the day. Mate. This I'm, is to me it's no different to the Europa League, really. Like it feels yeah. the same when you win it. To them, it probably feels like Champions League. Oh, yeah. It's That's a European trophy, mate. So sick. I think inventing another competition was smart by UEFA, to be honest. Yeah. Gives everyone a little bit more of an incentive to play for stuff, to play for places. So there you go. Well done, West Ham. One final thing, then. Declan Rice. Ooh. He was very pumped in his... Uh, in his was emotionally charged. Post-match it? interview. Let's look at the updates quickly. And he loves it. He, You know he loves it, but at the same point... The rumours are so strong with Arsenal right now. I think it's basically done. It seems like it's, it's done. It's basically done. We have another here we go from Fabrizio, but... Ornstein's remain quiet, and I will only listen to Ornstein on Arsenal-related matters. There's nothing yet, yeah. but all signs are leading. And it makes sense. If we, He wants to stay in London. Yeah. Chelsea haven't got Champions League. They've got a stacked midfield of Enzo Fernandez. Yeah, there's a Granit Xhaka-shaped hole right now. Well, we're literally getting rid of Granit. We're not letting Granit go. Until we sign a midfielder, you know, like, there's so many things in place. Apparently, I, still, I think you need one more, but he would be such a good signing for that specific role. Well, that physical you, box you know box what the midfielder. Is on Arsenal fans' lips. Raisado. Raisado. Ooh. Yeah, we won't get both. Like, you can't afford both. No, mate. that'd be mad. They're but both imagine they're both if like, we did. They're both like 80 mil players. Raisado would be an elite midfield. But anyway, there's one more thing I want to talk about before we go to a break. And we're going to do it now because obviously we've got heroes and villains after. Mbappe has informed PSG that he is not going to re-sign his contract. Breaking oh, news. Breaking, Breaking news. news. Broke last night, so... Yeah, by the time this comes out, this might be old news, to be fair. I mean, it's, it's rife. But yeah, so no shocks there, mate. Messi, gone. Yeah. Neymar being offered around. Going. Not that anyone would take it, but people are... You know, inquiries are being made. And now Mbappe God. drops that. The PSG project is dead. Is dead. It's dead. It has failed. Mm. It has failed fundamentally. They spent four hundred million, no, three hundred sixty million on Mbappe and Neymar. And they have won Champions League. Yes. Yeah, they brought in Messi and booed him out on his last game, having yeah. been their top, that what their top scorer or top nah. assist maker. I mean, he he's was, still got about forty goals and assists between him, and they booed him off the pitch. Oh, I mean, it's disgraceful. PSG fans are weird. They're the worst fans in the world. So they're so entitled. What are PSG? But I almost think PSG PSG. is sick of the glitzy superstar. I think they prefer to have a more relatable team. Do you think so? Yeah. Do you think that's what it is? It is a bit of a fanfare, isn't it? And at the crux of it, they're just Mm -hmm. not very good. No. They're just a team who have really good players, so most of the time that's fine. Yeah. You look at City, like that's a project you can get behind. Yeah. To a degree. To a degree. Like Haaland's a superstar, De Bruyne is a superstar, but it's not like Galactico level yeah like they're a team whereas PSG just getting a new manager every season to fire them it's just not really a sustainable project oh, where do you think he's going to go where do you think he's going to go what Mbappe do you think he's going to go this summer do you think he's going to see out his contract 
there's only one place he's going. Real Madrid. But they've just bought Bellingham for 86 mil. Doesn't matter. It's Real Madrid. They you they want. Yeah. Fine. Real Madrid will get rid of Vinicius if it means getting Mbappe. They don't give a fuck. Oh, they couldn't get rid of... That's their golden boy. Yeah, but... They'll, they'll play in a way where it's like, due to, you know, the racism and uncertainty, we thought it's best. It's a straight swap, basically. 100 mil for Vinicius, 150 for Mbappe, you know. It's doable. Watch this space. Let us know what you think in the comments. What it comments? can only be Real Madrid. As much as I want it to be Liverpool, it will never be Liverpool again. Come on, mate. Not really Liverpool. That was my favourite rumour of all time. Yeah. I've seen some Liverpool fans very wishful thinking on fucking on Twitter. There's more you. chance of us getting someone like fucking Wilf Zaha than Mbappe at this point. This is where we live now. Wilf Zaha would be a great sign. Yeah. We don't really need forwards. We've got nah. enough forwards. So, I mean, I think United could be a shout if if, if the takeover from Qatar happens. I feel like he's probably done with state clubs, mate. <laughs> I don't think you go from PSG to pan into the fire yeah to Qatar yeah. FC oh sorry Man United oh. or maybe Newcastle yeah Madrid it is I reckon he'll stay for another season and have complete choice and he'll get a fat payoff as well one million pounds one million euros a week you have to say he's very business savvy at a young age so I he's actually a don he represents himself well his mum represents him but but he's same sort of thing yeah well, he's, he's very clued up on that. He has business. a lot of influence. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he speaks to the president quite a lot. Yeah, but the PSG is at the mercy of him. Yeah. You know? He's in the top 10 most powerful people in France. Yeah, well, that's... And the only one who's 20 years old. You know, in his 20s, sorry. That's, isn't that so crazy, though? That is a bit funny. There's no England player with that kind of influence. If we haven't got players because of him. <laughs> no. If we did, it might be different. So yeah, let us know guys. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we have the rest of Heroes and Villains. Welcome back to From the Back Sea Season Close of One. Heroes and Villains, part two. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Never changed that. I love the jingle. We need mm. to get that with mm. the natural soundtrack for season two. Might have to copyright soon. Yeah, that's true, actually. I heard McDonald's were interested in me. So. <laughs> they love a jingle. Yeah. All right. Heroes and Villains, part two. Crystal Palace, a.k.a. 11th place. They moved up from 12th. What a fucking great club. There can be only one hero, one Don. Can you guess who it is? Unai. Palace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. He's had half a beer and apparently yeah. it's gone straight to his head. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've been fasting today, so this is like. Okay, here we go. I here we go. I actually oh, do feel pretty okay. much. Yeah. Um, who's Crystal Palace? Must be Big Roy. Roy Hodgson. Easy. The gaffer. The Don. He owns most of London at this point, I reckon. He walks into all territories and everyone's like, Don. Yeah, respect. Big Hodge. Like, he's. It's almost gone full circle when everyone just respects him again after a sort of kind of rubbish England career. But yeah, it took over. Palace were 12th winless in 2023. And although they had a hard run and some people think Vieira was dismissed rather harshly, it's very hard to argue with the results since then. Hodgson got four wins in six games some fucking unreal football mm. for a team that couldn't score any goals. And I just think at this point, give it one more season. He's made Palace fun again and... I just want to see what he can do with Eze with a full season and a pre-season. I think he can take Eze to the next level. They seem to have a proper like bromance or paternal thing going on. So just let it run. Let him cook. They haven't confirmed him yet. Nah. He's no. waiting. He'd take it, I reckon. Yeah, of course he would. He really doesn't want to go home, does he? Nah. He doesn't want to Poor be. Poor Sandra. <laughs> is, that, is that the name of his wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandra Hodgson. Been together like, his whole career, his whole life. So got nothing to say. Sick of her. What else yeah, can you say? No, Bet she doesn't no. even like football. No, he'd probably do it for free. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and my villains. I think you'll enjoy this, listener. All of the Palace strikers, and that is Jordan Ayew, Mateta, and Edward. Let me just read stats. I don't need to describe this. I can just give you facts. Jordan Ayew, 173 games for Palace. Do you want to guess how many goals he's got? None. 19. 19 goals. 19 goals. How many? 173. 173. He did score goal of the season, to be fair. Don't remember it. Last season, maybe. 
it's just a slowly run where he goes through about oh, five yeah, feet. Remember, I remember that one. It's, like, it's a really nice it's a run. Good goal, yeah. So, yeah. Cool, that's rubbish, that, though, isn't it? That's How terrible. is he still stealing a living? That's I horrible. don't know. How old are the IUs now? He's got to be, like, late 20s, if not 30. Late 20s? No, wait a minute. I'm late 20s. I feel like Jordan Lyon's been around since I was seven. I think of Andre Ayo, actually. Is Andre Ayo's got to be about 33, 34. Now, Andre's got to be, like, 38, surely. Yeah, he's 31. He's 31. Bloody so. hell. Andre. Let's see. 33. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. What the hell? Do you know their dad's, like, really famous? Really? They're a really famous footballer as well. Good genes. Great genes. Great genes. You want to snap up their kids into the academy's A. Where is it? One sec. Sorry, I'm just... Tangent. He's going on a very scroll. His off. father, Abedi Pele, I think he was known as one. Oh my god, are you yeah. having a laugh? No, one of the best Ghanaian players ever. Yeah, he's widely recognised one of the greatest players of his generation. That's their dad. Yeah. The fake Pele guy. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, look at his career. Mate, this guy is like fucking unreal on FIFA. Abedi Pele. There you go. Dad of Jordan are you and Andre are you? The more you know. Oh yeah. my d- well there's no excuse for him having such a bad goal record now. It's probably have to live up into. No. Oh you won the Champions League with Marseille in ninety three. Yeah, that's that's nuts that, isn't it? That is mad. That's what nuts. a good footballing family. Yeah. I love a footballing family. Same. I wish I could tell you more, but Mateta, sixty six <laughs> games. How many goals? He scored quite a few last year, so let's say seven. Ten. Ten! Oh, underestimated. One in 6.6. And Edward, 68 games, 13 goals. Just get rid of them all. Just get rid of all of them. They're awful. With Imagine having no. a striker with all of that quality around them in terms of the high-quality wingers, the midfielders. Who could they bring in? <sighs> Anybody. Two strikers and a youth player is their choice. It's always Ings. That was the first thing that came to my mind yeah. too. He'd do well. Any tricky wingers and he just get on the end of it. But yeah, they're diabolical, so... Yeah, that's, that's my villains. I give it. Now, I've been given the honour of Chelsea, which is great fun. And I feel like you can't do Chelsea justice, really, because there's so many candidates for one section of this. Not a lot for the first. We'll go with Hero. Todd Bowley. <laughs> the Messiah. He came, he spent. That's it. And that's it. It's gone really well. Tanked it. No, I took it seriously and I've decided to go with Thiago Silva. Mm, yeah, okay. Not a lot of candidates, to be honest with you. Nah. If I was to give it to one of Chelsea's squad, it would be him. You know, he's solid enough in a back three, admittedly. Admittedly, his legs are gone. When on the pitch, he's, you know, immeasurably, they're an immeasurably better team. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really reflect well on Chelsea at all that day. Um, and that is literally all I've got to say because <laughs> it's been that bad at Chelsea. <laughs> I think he's done well. I mean, Enzo Fernandez, he was only there for six months, and like he's tailed off a bit. He's tailed off a the bit. Best form came of him out of the team as well. Yeah, I'm just saying. I've gone early. He's gonna flop. But Enzo, yeah, they play better without him. Weirdly, I think he's it's... really good. But I just say any signing now for Chelsea, it's a good thing. Just say they're a flop. Just go early. He's probably just a bit depressed. They've got a nine-year contract as well. What did we say at the start of the season? Koulibaly, Sterling, flops of the season. Yeah, we did. We've been proved right. Yeah, Sterling as well. Goodness me. Kukreya, flopped. All of them. Yeah, right. Well, villain. All of them. Where do we start? And just so many candidates. But to be honest, Chelsea have been the villains of the Premier League this year. Yeah. But we're giving it to Big Mouth Bowley. Obviously. Obviously. Even though, um, you know, co-owner Egg Barley's just involved as Todd, it is Todd who's making all the headlines from the infamous 4-4-3 formation. <laughs> to making himself sporting director. Getting caught on film prior to the Madrid second leg saying it was going to be 3-0. Chelsea. The guy's no idea. I'm pretty sure he even, in America, tried to tout a North versus South All-Star game, which, if anyone who knows British football, just rile people up. I just want to say, objectively, I'm a fan of that. For for a charity game, I'm a fan of that. We should get jacked into Miami, mate. Go join the MLS, mate. <laughs> I just think it could be good as a one-off game. We've got soccer aid. We don't need your bullshit. North versus South. Yeah, it's true. It's just if it was for a good cause, I could get behind that. It's also very like Anglic-centric, isn't it? Anglo-centric. We should just do it differently. Brexit versus no Brexit. Well, do you know what I mean? Like Bruno Fernandes is just there watching, like. Oh, I don't know. Bruno would probably make a big meal of the whole thing. He'd probably love it. It'd be a crap game. But there you go. I'm sure lessons will be learned for next season. He can't do as badly as this season, surely. I hope I've jinxed it. I'm not going to touch wood. Um, <laughs> yeah. Todd Bowley. 
Mess. Chelsea. Rubbish. Facts. All right. So, Wolves. I enjoyed doing Wolves because what this is is a case study in optics, right? My, my hero is Diego Costa, the anti-hero. He came in from South America. He was retired, but he came in, he saw the war cry. He was like, I can't leave Wolves in this crisis. They just had their big money striker injured. <laughs> they can't leave. I can't leave them alone with no striker. So he's come in out of nowhere. Announcement video, him holding two real Wolves by the chains. Apparently he was shitting it. 23 appearances, one red card, one goal. Oh, oh, yeah right they did do the whole wolves yeah. he came he did nothing and I feel like everyone still kind of likes him got a it. red card got goal yeah yeah classic Diego and he's just like that was pointless but I'm kind of here for yeah. it yeah yeah it's a nostalgic one isn't it yeah he's the anti-hero he answered the call we need a striker and he was like I'll do it didn't he sign outside of transfer windows as well yeah he was a free to, agent mate he was like an emergency yeah 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 yeah. yeah. the anti-hero it's but a shame he didn't do more here's the optics villain Gonzalo Guedes 30 million pounds for Valencia very very good player on all games mm-hmm. Man City Quite regular on football manager 13 appearances one goal one assists. that's rubbish his record is rubbish still better than Diego's and yet he was loaned out to Benfica in January and is now expected to be sold at a loss. Just a massive waste of everyone's time. Just makes you think. Better record than Diego Costa. But the optics is different somehow. Got by one assist though. In half the games though, more or less. But it's funny, isn't it? Because of that 30 mil price tag, you're just like, put him in the bin. Diego, no expectations. Anything. No, there is different. He's a young player. He was signed for 30 mil. Yes. Diego's at the end of his career. He's been living at large, doing loads of bag over in fucking South America. Exactly. Just and that is it. Song. That 30 mil and that hope is what makes you a villain. Oh, yeah. Goes without saying. Goes without saying. Yeah. And where's he gone now? Benfica. He's back now. Went on loan. Did he do well? I actually don't know. Let's have a look. Because honestly, and I know football managers know Barometer, but, but he was unreal. He was brilliant. Little wonder kid. I got a goal and assist in twelve <laughs> games. Okay, for Benfica as well. So, listener, just for context, in twelve games at Benfica, bearing in mind he played thirteen games for Wolves, he also got a goal and assist. <laughs> so over a season, same. he's on course for three goals, three assists. <laughs> literally, the set. But his stats have never been that. Oh, his stats were good for that for Valencia though. Yeah. Weird. Weird. He obviously just not suited to the English Doesn't game. Doesn't travel well. I dare say the Portuguese game is a bit more similar to the English game as well compared to Spain. So I feel like it's levelled up a lot. Portuguese teams actually are very solid outfits these days. They just play similar football to us, I think. Yeah. More similar than Spain. Yeah. Anyway, West Ham. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a lot of West Ham and I was going to go for Moisey and I kind of regret that I didn't but I went with Jared Bowen just because he scored that goal. Ah, Recency fair. bias. It's a fair. Recency he, bias. He's been shit this season. <laughs> Don't make no mistake. It doesn't matter. But he is the hero, isn't it? An otherwise drab season for, for West Ham. and This is their greatest moment yeah. in modern history. He's a clutch player for them. Arguably too good for West Ham but I don't really see him moving this summer to be honest. He's one of them where when he's good he's too good for them but when he's bad you're like, yeah, West Ham sounds about right. Yeah. So it's like it's yeah. actually a really good player for them. Gets bonus points for shagging Danny Dyer's daughter. <laughs> Danny Dyer. <laughs> and also knowing that Danny Dyer is a massive West Ham fan. Yeah. He's just like he solidified it. Yeah, you see the um the Instagram post that Danny Dyer Senior put goes, <sighs> Jared Bowen, come on you hammers. <laughs> oh, and he's, you know, cuddling my daughter or something. Yeah. Looks fucking funny. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, so Declan Rice for an honourable mention, Mr West Ham himself. These two have massively helped the Hammers preserve their... I just want to challenge that. Is he really Mr West Ham? Because he does want to leave. And someone raised a good point that he was also Mr Ireland at one point and then he switched allegiances. Was he Mr Ireland though? He had like two appearances wow. in front of Well, yeah, but I think he, he was pretty passionate about them at the time. He thought it was a bit gay, but he's just, he's just a normal football player. He's just passionate about whoever he plays for. Well, he can move to Lazio and I guarantee he'd kiss the badge. Yeah, oh, yeah. He's a passion merchant. Yeah. He's, he's smart with his PR. Yeah. But I don't think you could say he's not Mr. West Ham. He does 
apparently love West Ham, but he I imagine he would move. also love Arsenal just as much. Oh, and I think we'll love him very much. <laughs> Declan, we can't wait to see the Emirates, my friend. Rice, um, rice. But yes, he helped them preserve their Premier League status, put them on course for another European adventure next year. So well done, Jared. Well done, Declan. That's it. Now, villain. It's a bit harsh, but we're going to go with Skamaka on this one. My oh, only reason for that, to be signed for 35 mil to replace Antonio, only to have Antonio replace you by the end of the season, is not great optics. It's not a great look. It's not a great look. Now, I know he's been injured since April, but in 16 Premier League appearances, 11 as a starter, he's only got three goals. For 35 mil? Three goals? Not very good. That's it? Not very good. They're all bangers. Yeah, they're all bangers. They're all bangers. <laughs> I think that's just what he is, though. He's actually just quite slow. No, he was good for Sassuolo, though. It did feel like... Look at his stats for yeah, season Yeah, it, 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 it just felt like... Because no one had ever heard of him. There was a there was a Michu bit about He looked him. cool as well. Yeah. He's got that kind of rock star... What was that other geezer that played for Southampton before? Oh, Danny... Osvaldo. Osvaldo! He's yeah. just got that maverick in him. Yeah, that... Ibrahimovic, yeah. Osvaldo thing where you're just like, you get seduced by it, you know? He got 16 goals in 36 games for Sassuolo in 21-22. That so is really good. He's still young. End of the day, you have to look at how you play, what you want that position to look like. You mm-hmm. can't just go based on goals. He is apparently being linked to Roma to replace Tammy Abraham. Who that just feels like that makes so much more sense. So much more sense. <laughs> just get rid. Get rid. Yeah, rid. Where's Abraham going? He's got an ACL, isn't he? <gasps> yeah, it's harsh, bro. Tammy Abraham's career is going to slowly die, isn't it? Oh, so much hope for him. He did really well in his first season at Roma. I was oh. like, I would take Tammy at Arsenal. I think he's a proper centre-forward. I would. I would take I him. I feel like he's like honestly not that dissimilar from like Etia. Sometimes good, sometimes not so good. He's streaky, but... I, he's underrated, I think. I think he's underrated. He had a great opening season. He's going to have a bad career. You can feel it. What, just because of ACL? Not, no, just not quite finding like a home where he really wants to be. I don't know, Roma, he won the Conference League first season. I just don't feel like he wants to be there, though, permanently. I feel like he's waiting for a move, I reckon. I think the fact he's gone out there shows some balls in him. I think we're going to disagree, so we're going to move on. Yes. Is it me? Is you? Bournemouth. There can be... I mean, this is the easiest one ever. You've literally got a hero villain knitted into the entire story. It's Gary O'Neill. Of course it is. The alternative manager of the season based on... The people's manager The people's manager of the season. Manager of the season. Manager of the season. Because what did he inherit? A team that had just lost 9-0 to Liverpool and had their manager say, we're not good enough. We're not good enough at all. And to bounce back from that and deliver 15th place, it's unreal. We've definitely the worst squad. Easily. Even after the January editions, have I heard of any of those players apart from Phil Billing, realistically? Probably not. There's probably some exceptions, but you know what I mean. If you ask me to tell you anything about any of those players, bar David Brooks having a massive comeback from cancer, there's not a lot there for me to tell you. No. Solanke? Solanke failed. Yeah, he flopped as far as I'm aware until last season. He was always hyped. He was under 21. He's just like, he's in that I'm good in the championship, am I good in the Premier League category? You know? I think now we can say he's good at Yes, that. but we didn't know that. No. We didn't know the that. The whole squad, like you say. Gary O'Neill's got everything out of them, basically. And they only, they only finished two points off 13th, which is... Oh, nice. they were brilliant under O'Neill. Yeah, Make they no lost mistake. their last four games once they secured survival, but... Make no mistake. They New ownership, they've got cash. I think they're honestly one to watch, and like, it's interesting to see what they can do. And so we move over to the villain, the most obvious villain of all is Scott Parker. Scott Parker! Now, let's be nice to Scott Parker. No, fuck you, Scott. You're a villain. Scott Parker... Harsh, I'm sorry. ...is the go when it comes to inspirational post-match speeches to the soundtrack of The Streets. Yes, I love those videos. That is what he brings to the table. Quality. Their quality. (laughs) Their quality. (laughs) That is what he brings. The Streets time Scott Parker. YouTube that if you haven't, because that is good fun. It is so good. And it works so well. It's unbelievable. Nothing has ever made as much sense in his management career as that, which is kind of damning. But he said Bournemouth was shit and they're not staying up. He got sacked. He then joined Club Brugge, who, by the way, let's just remind everyone, Club Brugge topped their Champions League group. Yeah. Beat Madrid at the Bernabeu. And Ajax took their whiteboard man, which is good for them. Sacked him because he was shit as well. Well, there you go. 
whiteboard men. Not always, not um, always on vogue at the moment. For a second, I thought you said whiteboard, like an actual whiteboard. No, whiteboard men. But white generic board whiteboard man, man two after yeah. Ten Hag was generic whiteboard man one, and he managed to get sacked again. Did Scott Parker? So sacked twice in two different countries. I feel like punditry is what's next for him. He's got outlandish jackets and. I just think punditry is so miserable though Scott cheer up Scott I feel like Graham Souness void Scott Parker might be the right kind of person to fill it he's going to go manage in Saudi with Stephen Gerrard that's a really good shout that's a really good shout either not a real job or punditry Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree Scott it's not gone well for you so far see you later so I've got Nottingham Forest I've actually taken this one a bit, a bit too seriously, to be honest. So, Hero, we're going to give Steve Cooper his flowers. I dare say he was perhaps under the most pressure from the get-go mm-hmm. when the season began. Maybe bar Graham Potter, due to Forrest's, quite frankly, insane spending in the summer, where they bought a small country to refresh <laughs> the squad. Just 34 players, mate. Just 34 new players to uh, integrate. By Christmas, position was looking untenable. Only for the owner to back in with a new contract. Love to see it. That was proper like balls out on the table. Oh, yeah. Like actions speak louder than words. Balls to the no world. fluff, just yeah. like five year contract. The daggers are out from the major. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, what? Anyone? Yeah. That's Bang! What five year contract. <laughs> it's all worked out. Forrest have survived under Cooper's stewardship, proving quite refreshingly, you don't always need to panic sack your managers. Yeah. So well done, Steve. Well done, Forrest. Villain. Hmm. I've just gone for Jesse Lincoln. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I mean, am I saying it because he's an easy target? Possibly, but we're going to go with Ling- Lingard. Big weekly wage, probably a big signing on fee. Did Jay fuck Links. all. I don't think he got any goals or assists. No, no, nothing. Barely Zero. Did. Glorified TikToker. He's now left the club. What a legacy he leaves behind. Yeah, Jay yeah. Lings for life. He's tailing off big time. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Wiltshire Ruin just. It's retires. almost like he wasn't that good. He was just at Man United. He was at West Ham loan though. Yeah, but don't forget, Willock did score seven games in a row. On loan. There's something about being on loan and being really fucking good for a short period of time. No, there's probably a psychology thing where that loan bump, that new that new loan bump, where you have to prove yourself. Yeah, but maybe sometimes just the right team, right fit. But it just sounds like Lingard doesn't want it. So there you go. That's me. That's Forest. Yeah, I have the pleasure of doing Everton, and regular listeners will know that I've been gagging to talk about Sean Dyche because we don't talk about him enough on this podcast. I'd say. (laughs) You know, the man is... He's an enigma. He's a... I'm not buying. He's a grizzled... Grizzled veteran of the game. <laughs> he's part of English football heritage at this point. He is. And the Premier League's better for having a minute. But go on, just get yeah. on with it. And the 4-4-2 go has survived by the skin of his grizzly teeth. But survived he did. His ground down After he, t- he took over from media darling but terrible football manager Frank Lampard... Frank Lampard is very very bad at football management and again punditry seems like a good shout for him he's just shit at it like his spells at Everton and Chelsea the wins are still like less than seven across like season and a half it's fucking oh, he's got like two three wins in it's like diabolical it's absolutely nuts his record they could have had more wins with no manager genuinely oh. just just a sort of collective yeah yeah input into tactics 100% so he's done what he needs to do Everton are a fucking mess and somehow he's just about kept them up. Let's just see. Let's just see how it goes next season but I'm glad he's back. I've missed him and I like it. And so for my villain, I've gone broad. Everton's in trouble. The entire Everton board of directors and the owners. Wow. (laughs) And if you're an Everton fan, I reckon you agree with me. So here's the latest. Rather than tell you everything they've done wrong, here's what's going on currently. Bill Kenwright is set for talks with Farhad Mashiri today to find out whether he will also leave the Goodison Park board, who all quit on Monday this week. Did all they? of them. CEO Denise Barrett Baxendale. Is that the one who got slapped? Yeah. Shit. CFO Grant Ingles and Graham Shop all resigned after coming under intense pressure from supporters. So there you go. I mean, they've been saying Fan power all works. season. Yeah, can't say it's a bad thing. No, they were awful. They were so bad, and apparently they're on the brink of new investment. I so mean, they've, they've reserved their Premier League status, which is so. Big I think for talks Everton. resume at this point, don't they? With new investors, I think you have to sell a stake, sell it all. Well, because um, 
Usmanov, Usmanov. I'm glad you brought it up. Co-owner, uh, Usmanov, all his assets were frozen. Exactly. Because of the war in Ukraine. And he's he, a Russian billionaire. He was the main money man. Yeah. Mashiri's the front. So that is unfortunate for them, but also, that's what you get when you trust the ruble. That's what you get, mate. <sighs> God, you're alienating everyone. Right wing, Russians. Um, it's, oh, a season, it's a season closer. God, I'm going to have to branch off and do my own thing, mate. You need, you need to leave the zingers for next season. Yeah. Alrighty. Right. And there you go. Just a fucking mess. Alright. Leicester. There's only one man for the hero. His name's James Madison. Madison's probably the only bright smart this season along with Castagne. You could maybe say it. Oh, no. No? No. Nah. Castagne's all right. But yeah. yeah. Is that really enough? That's the bar. That's he was bar. above average. Yeah. With Madders, it felt like something could happen every time he stepped on the pitch. And arguably, if he was fitter for more this season, maybe it could have been something different. But really, Leicester have been so trash this season. I'll get on to that. He was pushing against the tide, wasn't he, at times? It's just a one-man... One man team basically. Pretty much. Everyone Barley's was kind of off. not that bothered. Tielemans is overweight. That was harsh. <laughs> <laughs> that was really harsh. Um, he couldn't save them from relegation. It's looking like he's going to leave the club. I don't know if anyone can argue with that. Yeah, being linked with Spurs and Newcastle. How bloody predictable. I think he should go Newcastle. Obviously. Spurs yeah. are fucking nothing club. But I just think he'll go Spurs because it's, you know, London. He fits the Deli Alley mould of being a bit of a naughty boy. Playing for Spurs, getting loads of adoration and winning nothing. It just seems like Spurs is more likely, despite Newcastle having more prospects. So that is what it is. Villa and it was hard. I don't want to, you know, shit on anyone, but I've decided to shit on someone. Woot fires. Oh, no. I know. I know. Is Brought- it because he was a hero? They came in, they started keeping clean sheets at one point. Well, he's brought in to replace Fafana on deadline day. I don't think he ever fully convinced in the centre-back slot. Had that amazing double own goal um, against Liverpool, who won 2 1, coincidentally. Um, I reckon he's in our top six top scorers this season. Yeah. Something Tyrone Mings would be really proud of. <laughs> uh, and the Foxes conceded the joint third highest goals in the league this year, and I think Fires contrib- contributed a lot to that. Yeah, he had a big fall off. I thought he was going to be the hero, but you live long enough to see yourself Louise become the villain. Yeah. yeah, he's just a shit David Luiz. That'd he's be a great from football like Belgian international at the start of the season to potentially playing in the championship next season. Still getting the Belgian squad though. Yeah, easy. Their easy. squad is fucking weird. Yeah, well they don't have any centre backs, so yeah, they're like people from the MLS still getting. What? Yeah. Who? Who's that guy who was a really rubbish striker in the bottom of the Prem for a bit? Narrowed it down by like nothing. <laughs> Come on, mate, just work with me here. Um, oh, listen up, don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll do some. It's not Doku, is it? No, 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 no. Far worse than that. I'll listen up. If we have time, I'll look into it. I'll look into it while Jack tells the next one. How about that? Okay, so hero. So I went a bit rogue here. I went a bit rogue because I thought we might as well play a round of leads a bit, seeing as they're gone. And my hero of the season is Bielsa, Rafinha. And Phillips, because nothing adds to the mystique of a legacy like time and nostalgia. And now that Leeds have been relegated, they must be looking back at these heroes and thinking like, was that real? Did we really have Bielsa? Did we really have Rafinha? And the answer is yes. That's a nice thing to hang on to because since then it's just been pretty horrendous. You know, they've got the manager of Uruguay, Barcelona international, City treble winner. They were like, that's something to keep you warm. You had that. You could get that again. And they all left at a time that worked for them and now they've won shitloads of trophies between them. So they're my heroes. Fair. Weirdly. And villains, I guess. Wait, who's a hero? Bielsa, Rafinha and Gavin Phillips. But they weren't even in the squad this year. Because they left. That's the only good thing about Leeds. <laughs> they're the heroes who left. Oh my and all Leeds God. fans will look at them and feel a nice wow. feeling. Wow. There's nothing positive about Leeds. That, no. You know, I was looking at the goals and it made the conceded so many It's goals. unbelievable. It's so bad. I've got a good villain though in this one. It's a bit out of the box and I think that's what we want. We, that's yeah, what we want yeah, on this yeah, pod. Yeah, we need, we need a Tyndall. The 49ers and the influence of the US. Oh. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you some stuff. The 49ers have just closed a deal to become the majority shareholder of Leeds following their rele- relegation. Previously, they had 11% control. Mm-hmm. So they've been investing in Leeds for a while. 
That US influence undoubtedly aligned with some of the decision making to put people like Jesse Marsh in, US coach, US ownership, the plans to buy Leeds made them a US team. They bought all these US players and spurged all their Rafinha and Phillips money on US players and Red Bull players. And the fact they failed miserably just sums it up really. What a sorry state of affairs. Nah, I'm sorry mate. It's got to be Radrit Zani as the villain if you're going to blame the 49ers. I thought about it but then I they thought... They fucking man. leveraged their mortgage to buy fucking another club. I thought about it but he's gone now so... Yeah. I hope you can blame someone for 11%. No, 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 no. They're the majority now. They're the majority Yeah, now. well now. I blame them. <laughs> Why were there so many American players at Leeds? Why were there an American coach? Uh, I mean, it's true. What was up with that? Yeah. It made no sense. And now, I'm just piecing it all together, listener. Maybe this was a deal that was always going to happen at the end of the season. They were just waiting to see what the price would be. And so they were like, we want US It players. does seem pretty sus that he's leveraged, I think it was against Ellen Road, to yeah. buy a new club and immediately sold his shares. There must be some dodgy deal going It was on. all already signed. Yeah, like he agreed it to lose share, but he would want to buy a football club somewhere yeah. else first. So he needed that up front. I do think that's probably what's happened. It's just all very sus, but... He's a sus dude, Raptor Asani. Right, right, right. I'm not going to try and say his name a bit. Right, Southampton, last one of heroes and villains. Short and sweet. Hero, well, thank you for this chat. You're welcome. Nathan Jones, for stopping City get the quad. That is all. Villains. Nathan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly almost forgot he was manager of Saints this season. He's going to be such a good quiz question yeah. at some point. Completely out of his depth. Some terrific slash bizarre post-match conferences. Some absolutely stinking results. Yeah. <laughs> he was so bad. Southampton would have stayed up if they just yeah. not appointed him. Yeah, he was quickly showing the door and to rub the soul in further, he's had to watch Luton get promoted by the players. Oh my god. <laughs> Where he's come from. Luton's greatest ever so, manager. Nathan Jones, you have your place in Premier League history. And it's some of the worst decision making anyone's ever yeah. had. Jump ship, watch his team go up, yeah. the team that sacked him go down. Someone like jump on his good work at Luton, because yeah. the reason he'd gone to yeah, Southampton. Yeah. Like, and now his legacy is just ruined. He's in tatters. In Who's going to hire him? He hasn't got a job since. A championship club that's struggling. Well, I mean, Luton was struggling, right? He's, he's yeah. put them up. Yeah, so, Nathan, mate. I'd say you had the worst season out of the lot, but I think GP, big Graham Potter, may have just edged you in one of the worst <laughs> seasons ever as a manager. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Frank Lampard can have a have a word in that conversation. I know, but Lampard's bar was always low. GP's gone from astounding highs. Yeah, the Messiah to... The, Messiah, the, the, the English manager yeah. to just an absolute pauper. To Spurs don't even want him. Yeah, to like not even in the conversation of nothing, mate. So grim. There you have it, guys. Heroes and villains. Yeah. And some other stuff that we've done. It's good. Yeah, so Jack's taking a break. I'm in France next week. Full yeah. disclosure. Recording this at the end of season one. So we're going to start season two in two weeks so we're having a week off next week listener so don't panic when you don't see this on Monday slash Tuesday slash I might come back Hugh Hugh, Hugh might come back with someone that I can just find to do it with me don't hold out for anything but if there's a bonus episode no so be it yeah yeah I'd I'd offer for someone to come on but I think that's opening a can of worms that I'm not ready to do so give it a couple more seasons we'll see but any closing remarks for season one Thank you for listening. You know, it's been a pleasure for me and Jack, for my cat Sass, who you may or may not have heard throughout the season, just meowing away. It's been a it's been a tough season to cover. I'll be honest, the longest season of all time was not the best season to start. No, World Cup in between first World Cup winter, ruined us. World it Cup. took us months to get that momentum back. Yeah, so if you think we're covering the Women's World Cup this summer, you've got another fucking thing coming. No. Right? We're not doing that shit. But we hope to bring more guest features to kind of spice things up a little bit yeah YouTube is coming I know we've been saying it for months but yeah. eventually we've, we'll get on top of that we've got time now we've got time we've got time summer's here and we're going to keep doing it just keep plodding along and that's great and if you keep listening we can make something of this but yes there's closing remarks Athletic we're about still we're ready to sell our souls now yeah I think it's time by the way The Athletic Tifo football is changing permanently and not for the better mm. I think you need some sort of slightly zany slightly unserious football podcast to fill that hole yes no and more than that I've noticed everyone's white on TIFO so therefore 
you need some diversity quotas to fill. Therefore, yeah. me and Jack are straight nice edge 50 50 50 50s exactly so you can tick the box while we speak in a nice English accent because that's what people want yeah diversity but not too much yeah that's just token tokenism let's just call it what it is just call it what it is <laughs> and we're so happy to be your t- okay right, we go. cheers yeah. to that cheers season one there we go god bless see you next time for season two